Mythology Break, down the podcast where two people who know nothing about mythology teach you about mythology. And I know that we changed our intro logo, whatever the hell it is, last week, but Tony forgot to write it down, so I'm using our old one on the fly. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) We are actually here for a second week in a row. We did it. Yeah. We did it. Yeah, we did. No more six-month hiatus for these two mofos. (laughs) (laughs) Except, yeah, uh, times are getting stressful. Times are getting stressful, but we are determined to get you guys new content every Monday live on Twitch and every Wednesday on podcast apps. So real quick, shameless plug, if you haven't checked out my Twitch to see live recordings of these podcasts, you can do so at chaotic722 at twitch.tv. That is C-H-A-O-T-I-X 722, Twitch TV. Um, Definitely recommend hanging out with us on there. You'll see lots of cool behind the scenes stuff. Um, You'll get to see our beautiful faces. You get a vibe with us and all of the internet. It's definitely a fun time. Definitely recommend coming hanging out with us if you can on a Monday night. What do we got going on today, Mr. Tony? So we have a brief mythology introduction. Uh, I know that we've done a lot of mythology in the past. Of course, this is Mythology <laughs> Breakdown. Uh, Wait, we talk about mythology here? No, we talk about cats. Um, well, that too. <laughs> thank you, Bastet. Uh, but uh, for the time being, we are kind of reintroducing mythology and reintroducing ourselves. Yeah. Uh, just because I know that a lot of our new listeners uh, probably don't know the way we do things here. And a lot of our old listeners are... Well, they haven't gotten new content in six months. Well, yeah. All right. So, we thought we'd just... And I don't think we've ever kind of gone through and um, told our history of myth and how we got into this and why we started doing this podcast to begin with. So, we wanted to start off today with a little bit of that. We wanted to tell you guys about us, who we are... Um, why we do this podcast and what we love about mythology. And then later on today, I have a brief overview of what myths are. Um, And then I have a really, really brief timeline of some major historical mythological events that have happened. She says brief, but it's three pages long. I just want to put that out there. Okay, but it's three handwritten pages, <laughs> not on a computer this time. Uh, okay. I believe you. They believe you. I hope. Uh, but anyways, would you like to start us off? Why are we doing this? Um, well, okay. So, mythology breakdown, it kind of started on a whim. Um, I don't know if you know what ADHD is, but I got 80 of them. <laughs> I got 80 of them. Um... And uh, mythology has always been a, a hobby of mine. Ever since I was a kid, and Percy Jackson, I remember, was the big book series when we were younger that talked about mythology. And I picked up that first book, and I was like, this is it. This is my love. This is amazing. There is this whole world out there. And then I got a little bit older, And guess what? All these things that I love were based on real life. And so I was able to take this childhood love of mine and learn all about the real world applications to it. And it's just become a downhill or uphill climb depending on how you look at it. Um, (laughs) But I have just come to love mythology. It is just so amazing to be able to look at the human psyche and how we as humans have evolved over time and how much we have changed but also how we really haven't changed right uh i got into mythology uh back in high school so not too long ago oh oh yeah a crazy long time ago we're 22 by the way almost 23 (laughs) uh (laughs) But 
uh, I decided to get into mythology because I took this high school class, totally forget the name of it, whoops, sorry, Mr. Coffee, uh, and it, it was like a mythology introduction. It was talking about Yahweh, and we talked about Greek, like, sculptures and, like, all of the different uh, building aspects that they used to use, and it was great. Probably my favorite class ever, besides Ban. Um... And Wait, Tony, you like band? No, I don't. I I don't like band. He's not at all. He has his back here. Uh, but it was just so interesting to me, and you know, I'm a really big fan of fiction books. So I used to read all of the, which is why all of the like, werewolves, vampires, all that kind of stuff. Which is also another episode that we did not too long ago. By not too long ago, I mean half a year ago. Uh, based on like. Mythology, mythological creatures. I think we did an episode on fairies. Yeah, we did fairies. Uh, I know we broke down some uh, mythology sad stories, like Medusa so. and Medusa. the Minotaur and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that that's my introduction. Uh, Do you have a favorite myth of all time? Uh, to be honest with you, no. Really? Because I don't know them all. Ah. Once, once we start getting into a lot once deeper... Once we know every oh, single oh, myth. Oh, yeah. Once we know every single myth that has ever <laughs> happened in the entirety of this world, I will tell you my favorite. Well, um, do you have a favorite area of the world? Uh, yeah, definitely Egypt. Egypt? Egypt's fun. I am a sucker for all things Greek. I, I mean, it's, it's where I started, it's my home, it's what I'll always go back to. They were such a rich and fulfilling people that had just so many little intricacies, in, whoa, intricacies about their civilization. I just can't help but wanting to know more and more and more and more. And closely connected with that is Rome. Oh, yeah. Um, I also really enjoy Native American myths. I love that they have a formula. They're all about how things came to be, like how the butterfly got its wings kind of thing. I love those types of myths that just are explanations for what we know. Right. Or what we don't know, actually. Which is, I kind of get into that in my actual science bit a little bit later. <laughs> uh, Do you have any questions for me, my dear Tony? Uh, any questions for you? Uh, who's your favorite mythological being? Ooh. Like specific being or race of being? Uh, let's start with specific being. <sighs> Boy, that's a tough question. <laughs> okay, let's do this, okay? Out of all of the episodes that we've made, what is your favorite episode, and there being your favorite mythological being? Hands down, the story of Isis, Set, and Horus. All right. It's a good story. It's a great story. It's got the history of Egypt wrap up, wrapped up in it. it. Every single myth in Egyptian culture comes back to that one myth. It is just so beautiful. And Isis, being who Isis is, is just chef's kiss. All right. So I, now, guess, I guess we'll have to go with Isis for now. But if you okay. ask me again next week, my answer will change. Yes, 100%. Uh, it always changes. <laughs> ADHD. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, what is your favorite race of mythological mythological beings, and uh, and or just people? Like if if you like, you said you like the Greece aspect, the Greece cultures, all that I kind do, of stuff. I do. I do love the Greek aspects and the Greek cultures, and I really, really love the Greek dryads and naiads. The water and the tree spirits. Yeah. I think that they're fascinating, and um, their god, Pan, is amazing. Anything to do with nature and mythology is, I mean, all that's all mythology is, is nature, but, like, when it comes to the trees specifically, I love trees. I'm from Washington, or we're from Washington, 
and we recently moved to Idaho, and I miss the trees, dang it. <laughs> I miss the trees. I miss my water. I miss all that. There is nothing here, guys. Don't come to Idaho unless you want to be sad because you have no environment. It's really not that bad. Oh, it is that bad, though. There are trees, and literally 30 minutes down the road, there is a river. Literally 30 minutes. It's not the same. (laughs) It's not the same. All right, what about you? Your favorite mythological being? Being? Yeah. Any race? See, it's not so easy, is it? Well, I'm now trying to think of all of the ones we've talked about. Uh, You know, I'm going to have to go with this, not because of Marvel. Don't come at me. I'm going to have to say Loki. I love Loki. Except we haven't done an episode on Loki yet. I I know, I know. (laughs) But we did do a particular story about how Thor, or sorry, about how Loki got transformed into a, a female horse and got impregnated by that uh, uh, the horse of that one giant that uh, wanted the hand of uh, Frigga or Freya's, uh, like, her. So, yeah. Boom. Story. It's in our podcast. Loki. Schooled. What about race? Oh, God. Um... Like mythological race. Yeah. Or a creature or anything like that. I'm going to have to bring it back to the fairies. The fairies? Yeah. I love fae. Just because all of the different stylistic aspects that they have. Like, you have, like, the tiny little fairies that are, like, actually, like, the, what fairy we know fairies. As fairies. Yeah. And then you have, like, the nasty green Gnomes goblin and that, like. And goblins. That, is considered a fairy even though he looks like a mutilated monster. Absolutely. If you don't know much about fairies, definitely check out our episode. And Morbid has a three-part series on fairies that is also really, really good. Okay. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so my question... uh, Wow, this is hard. This, this is, is this hard. is harder asking a question than it is answering a question. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's why I turned it over to you. Yeah. Let's go with. What do you think your favorite time period is in history, like in mythological history? Oh, buddy, stop asking me these questions. They I hurt me to answer. <laughs> I always ask the best questions. I could be a, a journalist. A, oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite time period in history. Modern yeah. or ancient? Uh, mm. Let's go with modern, just because there's not, in, in the media, there's not a lot of modern. Early 1800s. Well, yeah, but not like. What I mean is, like, there's not a lot of modern takes on even the 1800s mythological stuff. It's all just really old. No, so, I know. I, 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 you just asked my favorite time period was, well, 1800s. Oh. <laughs> 1800s is my favorite time period. Okay. For Especially the, the early 1800s. For, mythologi- for mythological stuff? The Industrial Revolution. No, 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 no. You said I, history. History is not mythology. They are different things. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, and I'm going to say what is your I, I said what is your favorite time period in history regarding mythology? Oh well, I just focus on history because I've been thinking a lot. I've been I've been reading a lot about the industrial industrial revolution lately. Okay? I, I know. <laughs> um. Well, I think I'm gonna have to go back to um probably like the Mayans. I love the Mayans and their history and that time period and architecture that has come out of it. The Mayan pyramids are really, really cool. The Mayan pyramids, okay. Yeah, yeah, the step pyramids, they're really, really cool. I remember I made a joke about this last week. (laughs) (laughs) And um, a little bit of historical fun facts, just to connect it to the modern day thingy things. There is 
some speculation and some conversation within the LDS community. If you don't know what LDS means, it's the Church of the Latter-day Saints. It's the Mormon Yeah, it's the Mormon Church, which is what I grew up in. Um, So I know a lot about the Mormon LDS beliefs, and there has been a comparison made between the Mayans and the people of the Book of Mormon, which is the LDS religious text. (laughs) So there's your little fun fact of the day. That's actually pretty cool. I like that a lot. Sounds like someone gets... I can't read that last word. Uh, halfsies. Halfsies, exactly. <laughs> it's a Jamocha shake, too, so it's even better. Oh, you like Jamocha shakes? I didn't know you liked Jamocha shakes. Oh, okay. <laughs> For all of the uh, podcast people, I'm getting a Jamocha shake, and Cece is not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his friend thought that I was at work for some reason, even though I never work Mondays. I don't know. (laughs) Alright. I answered what my favorite mythological period was. What's yours? Norse. Anything, Anything regarding like pagan times, like anything like in the Viking age, uh, just like Valhalla itself. The Viking Uh, age was really, really cool. I love... Pagan mythologies. Pagan mythology is really, really awesome, and it is it is it influenced Christian beliefs so much that it is still seen so much in our society and in our communities today, which is why it's so fascinating to read about because you can make those connections and comparisons. You can say, "Oh my gosh!" Like we use that today in this. Like I was talking about last week with uh, Ishtar and Easter. Mm -hmm. There is your connection. You can see how it got from point A to point B. And And, I really love that. And I really also enjoy just like the... They were a simple people. Like they lived in huts. And like, like... I don't know how to explain it. But, like, it's, like, longhouses where their great hall was, like, freaking massive. And that is something that I wish I could see in today's, like, experiences. And also the fact that pagan culture is now widely accepted here in the U.S. is phenomenal. Yes, pagan culture has made a comeback in recent years. It's never really gone away, but it's definitely made a comeback. Oh, yeah. In a big way. All right. Well, I think that's enough about us. Are you ready to get into the meat and bones of what's going on today? I am. So what are you talking about today, Cece? I have got a short, short definition of history and myth, followed by a brief timeline, actually brief timeline, of... um, some really important dates in mythological history. Oh, yeah, brief, really important. Okay, yeah. It's only one page. Oh, that's not of bad. Dates. Okay, that's not bad. Only bad. one, which it really only isn't one. bad, considering <laughs> this is all handwritten. Okay. Okay. So, myth. Whoa. <laughs> We're starting off really strong. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, myths are explanations for natural occurrences where people come from why things happen, or just to give comfort or to teach lessons. Okay. So there's a couple of different kinds of myths that we'll get into, but what it all boils down to is a myth will normally teach you something about something. Right. It might be the simplest thing, like I was speaking of Native American myths, you know, why did the, or how did the butterfly get its wings, that kind of thing. All the way up to the biggest, most complicated hero's journey. It's like Odyssey and Iliad and the Aeneid and Gilgamesh and all those epic stories. It's everything in between. And I love that. You're so it's such a The way you explain things is so nice. Why? You just get so excited. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, the word mythology comes from two Greek words. The word mythos, which means story of the people, and then ology, which is, you know, ology. It's the study of. So, the study of the story of the people. 
That's a lot of us. <laughs> Welcome to science. It's not even science. Okay. Yes, it is. I love it. Okay, so mythologists study sacred tales and fables that dual that deal with the human condition. So most mythological stories have something to do with humans and how we perceive things, how we react to things. Um, these include subjects such as good and evil, the meaning of suffering, origins such as humans, places, animals, cultural values, and traditions. It also talks. They also can talk about life and death, the afterlife. And it can also tell celestial stories of deities and gods and, you know, the real important peoples. Right. <laughs> so, basically, a myth, a myth is a religious text of the time. Hmm. So, all these stories that are considered mythologies today, they were considered religious beliefs back then. So, if that's something to keep in mind when it comes to talking about these things. If these were real beliefs to these people, these weren't just stories that they told each other like we do when we talk about Zeus and um, Loki and all of these people. We talk about them as stories, but to these people, these people were real. And I think that's why I love them so much, and that's a big reason why they have stuck around for so long. People have always told stories. All the way back to the oldest cave paintings, there have been these stories of why we're here. And it's because we as humans, we're searching for meaning. That's just what we do. We're a race of people who have too much brain for their own good, and we need to know more. And so we, we make stories. We explain things. We say, okay, we don't know what we're on this earth to do? Well, the gods have said that we're on this earth to do this. So we're going to do that. Right. And it gives human purpose. All right. So myths can tell the stories of gods, half-gods, creatures, or nature itself. So this goes, you know, back to the Native American myths of how blank got blank. It goes your stories of you know, heroes like Perseus and Heracles, and it also goes to stories of Zeus and Athena, and I know I, I know I stick with Greek terms a lot. It's because Greek, I feel like, is terms that the general public is more familiar with. Right. And um, my apologies, I promise I know that there are more stories out there than just Greek. But she just gets super excited when anything Greek happens. <laughs> Well, Greek is a good baseline because a lot of people, a lot of people know the Greek names. Yeah. So Sir G. L. Goni, I'm assuming that I'm pronouncing that right. Apologies if I'm not. Has described the building of mythological stories as science in a pre-science world. So this was th these stories, these gods were their explanation to why things happen, just like we have science now. But obviously 4,000 years ago, they didn't know what an atom was. Right. Or even a wheel, as we talked about. <laughs> yeah. So uh, these stories were their science. These were the facts. You know, this is what they knew and believed and yeah. Domi said it right. Oh boy. So, not only are myths super important because they explain it, explain things to us, and they give us a reason as to why things are, scientists and archaeologists believe that it's because the human psyche is so frail that we need those things. We need a reason in order to keep from basically falling apart and becoming unable to function. Right. It's basically like without these stories and without these religions and without the explanations, we start running around like chickens with our head cuts off because there's no order. There's no, there's no reason. Why are you going to follow the rules if it doesn't matter afterwards? You know? Right. The concept of a higher 
being brings peace to these people. So, yeah. Bringing meaning to chaos, bringing peace to the mind. Right. That's the goal of myths, and that's why they've stuck around. It Myths explain comfort. They're direct. They provide a sense of unity. There's cohesion between the people. And then it also provides protection, like I was saying. All these things come together, and they make human beings feel like they're in a warm blanket of security because they have the stories that tell them why they poop. Just how it is. Humans. Nice. <laughs> so there's three distinct kinds of myths. Most myths can be put into one of the three categories. There's etiological, historical, and psychological myths. So your etiological, which comes from the Greek word atian or reason. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know. Um, these stories tell why something is or why it came to be an origin story of sorts. Once again, Native American myths are great examples of these. Right. How blank got blank. Right. Is a great kind of ideological outline for these types of myths. Um, another great example is the Persephone's Hades Demeter story. The story of how Hades kidnapped Persephone and took her down to the underworld. And while she was down there, Demeter was so distraught that she refused to let any of the crops grow. And as soon as Persephone was allowed to return for X number of months, depending on which version of the myth you read, that's why we have the four seasons to signify when Persephone is down in the underworld and when she's up on the surface with her mother, Demeter. How we got the seasons, ideological myth. Right. Next we have historical myths, which retell an event with embellishments. If it ever even happened at all. So these stories will take something that most likely did happen, like a war or a battle, and they would input their own characters and these own heroes into the story to make it a great grand tale. So it's kind of like the Iliad. Exactly. That's a great example. The Iliad and the Odyssey, the Aeneid, these are all great examples of historical stories. Stories that are based in what could be historical fact, but you can tell that what happens in them most likely didn't happen. The final version of mythology is psychological myths. And these are the journey myths. This is your hero's journey, your Joseph Campbell, Campbell, who wrote the hero's journey. Do you know what the hero's journey is? Uh, I, I know what it is. I've never read it. Okay. So the hero's journey pretty much states that there's a call to adventure, there's trials, they get what they want, but they realize that that isn't what they wanted. And so then they end up going through more trials and then they get what they need and they go through this change. And at the end of the story, they may return to where they began, but they're not the same person that they were when so, they began. So it's the story of Heracles or the story of Jason. Yes. Yep. Your hero's journey type stories. Another great example is um, Oedipus Rex. Right. Um, he's a great example of a hero's journey. You know, he was told, uh, hey, you're going to kill your mom, or you're going to marry your mom and kill your dad. He was, and they were like, nope, that's not going to happen. So they put everything that they could until that wouldn't, wasn't going to happen. And in doing so, they sealed their own fates. Right. And he tries to change it, and it's just hero's journey. Everyone knows it. It's in pretty much every movie that you'll ever see. Look up the hero's journey and start paying attention to the media. I promise it'll change your life. <laughs> so. Oh, by the way, Trent's warning. 30 minutes into the episode. Uh, <laughs> CC has Tourette's. I have Tourette's. <laughs> so okay. important questions that the hero journey might ask is who am I, 
where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I where where am I going? Or where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. I want a divorce. <laughs> uh, so it so using those main four questions, the who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I here? And where, where am, am I, I going? going? You can literally apply that to just about anything. Yep. Harry Potter. Yep. Uh, you could apply it to Percy Jackson. Exactly. Or uh, hell, even have you ever seen the movie uh, Due Date? I am not. So it's a movie with Robert Downey Jr. Believe it or not, and Zach Galifianakis. Oh my goodness! A crazy duo, but you could literally apply it to that movie yeah. too. Like I said, the hero's journey is one of the most common uh, story structures that exists. Huh. It is one of the oldest. It is going to exist far after we are gone from this planet. You try and write a story that doesn't follow at least part of the hero's journey, and I'd be impressed. That's how ingrained in our culture it is. Damn, I wish I would have known this earlier. You know, I would have succeeded in English if I would have known about the hero's journey. I'm just saying. Exactly. Hero's journey. Saving English papers. 101. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the new podcast. <laughs> Get your butt in gear and learn about the hero's journey. <laughs> so I talk a lot about um, myths and um, how... You gotta take everything with a grain of salt. Right. You know, we obviously, we don't know what happened back then. We don't know the truth. And there are so many different versions of myths that it can be really hard to come to a consensus on what is the actual truth. And so my best word of advice to you, while you guys are doing your own research and while you guys are looking things up and learning on your own, because I definitely encourage that, is to remember that the message is not in the details. The message is going to be obvious. What you are supposed to learn from this myth is far more important than what year it happened in. And that's what's important to keep in mind while you're learning about mythology. Everything is subjective, but as long as what you're learning is what you're supposed to be learning, you're gonna be all right. Yep. Whoo! All right. That was a lot of information on myths. That was crazy. Are you ready for a lot of numbers? Uh, oh god. As long as you're ready, <laughs> no. this week... <laughs> I okay. remember last week, it was a shit show. I have titled this a basic B timeline. Heard. Because it really is just some base information. Right. Prepare for a lot of numbers. If you're not ready, just <sighs> breathe. I'm not doing that, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to go all the way back to 4000 BC to start us all off. And that is when the earliest Egyptian myths are recorded. All right. So that isn't the beginning of myth, but it's when we start getting things written down. That's what this list is. It's when things are written down. Fast forward a thousand years, and Hathor, the mistress of Dendera, her cult grows in Dendera, Egypt. So we see the first, you know, cult gatherings. Like, what were you talking about last week? The mystery cults? Yeah. This would have been one of those. So this is really one of the first instances of one of those is 3000 BCE, at least in Egypt and according to this list. I use worldhistory.org for my list. That's worldhistory.org. <laughs> so in 2500 BCE, Osiris, as a dying and reviving god of the dead, starts to appear in pyramid texts. And then 2285 to 2250 BCE, we get who is the daughter, daughter, yes, that's right, we're getting freaking females up in this bitch, uh, the daughter of Sargon of Akkad, 
She lives, and she becomes the first known named author. First author was a woman. First known named author. Was a woman. Was a woman. And do you remember that name Sargon? Yeah. Yeah, he, we talked about him last week. He was one of the most important rumors. Whoa. Rulers of the Akkadian Empire. So that's a cool little, like, I saw that name and I was like, oh, I know that one. <laughs> I'm proud. Um, so from about 2150 to about 1400 BCE, the Epic of Gilgamesh of Sumeria is written on clay tablets, which I'm not really sure how that, like, I mean, that's a good chunk of time. That's like 750 years. So, like, I don't know exactly if it was written by a bunch of authors. I'm really excited to read The Epic of Gilgamesh because I never have. And I don't think you have either. Nope. Yeah. Even with all of my, or our mythology books up there. I don't think we have Gilgamesh up there, we though. We have almost no mythology books compared to what we could have. I know. They're we so expensive. We have a whole bunch in our, we have a whole bunch in our. Uh, They're so expensive. Pack, too. So, from 1700 to 1640 BC, we get the Atrahasis myth of the Great Flood in written form for the first time. Okay. So, this is one of the very, very first flood myths, which I believe we talked about in an episode pre-relaunch. I think so, I think we talked about flood myths. Um, but I think this is the first written example of a flood myth, is the Atrahasis myth. I don't think I'm saying that right. Probably not, <laughs> but that is why we are two people who know nothing about mythology. Teaching you about mythology. Exactly. Okay, uh, 1300 BC, we get the myth of Adapa in written form which is a story of immortality and mortality and why humans are mortal. Um, It's very similar in concept to the Adam and Eve story in Genesis in the Bible. Um, It basically tells of two humans who were in close contact with their God, and then the God realized, like, these humans are at the same level as me, even though they're lesser beings, I need to make them mortal. That's why humans are mortal, according to this this myth. Okay. Just really briefly. There's more to it. But yeah. This um, is why this is a brief timeline. Yeah. A brief basic B timeline. <laughs> In 1120, we get the modernized written version of the Enuma Elish, which was written from an even older text. So I'm assuming it's like maybe an initial translation. It didn't give me much more information other than that, and I know that the Enuma Elish is something that I'm going to look into in the future as well, so I didn't want to go too deep into it. Right. But old text, written from an even older text, written for the first time. Okay. 826, we get the Mahabharata composed, which was an Indian war epic. I'm assuming along similar lines as Odyssey, and Aeneid, and the Epic of Gilgamesh, and all of these great stories. Okay. But it's India. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty cool. I have not read that one either. Um, 800 to 700, Homer writes the Odyssey and Iliad. And then in 753, we get the founding of Rome, which we talked about in great detail on episode 2. Yes. Of pre-relaunch. We go into the creation of Romulus and Remus and Rome and all of that good stuff. So if you want more information on that, we have done an episode on that. You can find that. I think it's episode two. We even talk about the murderous chariot horse races and fights in the arenas as well. We do. (laughs) So 53 years after Rome is founded in 700 B.C., Hesiod writes Theogony and the Works and Days, which are two more really, really old texts that I have not read. Understood. Old texts are hard to read, okay? They're also hard to find. Yeah. That too. It took me about 45 minutes to find the Iliad 
and the Odyssey just so she could read it for a good price. I actually had that up there. Yeah, it was it's a beautiful copy of the book too. It was still about sixty dollars for the book. It was an expensive book. <clears throat> okay, so five hundred and fifteen BC all the way until seventy BC, you start getting um translations and rewritings of the Bible, including the stories of Genesis. For yeah, the and then very you got the New time. Testament, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all of the Old Testament. Not so much the New Testament, because the New Testament takes place while Jesus was alive. So. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah. It's just before. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, mostly Old Testament. Um, I'm not really sure all the Bible stuff, all the Bible history. Not my forte. Mythology, not mythology, <laughs> but the, all the he, so Hebrew scripture, right? So that would be Old Testament, not New Testament. Okay. Um, four hundred BC, the Romulus and Remus myth is recorded. Also in four hundred BC until two hundred BC, the Bhagavad. <laughs> little little pause right there because she's trying to figure it out. Bhagavad. Let me, see it. I, Let me see it. Where is it? That one. It's yeah, it's Bhagavadita. Yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, it's recorded from oral traditions and the Bhagavadita. Yeah. That is a Hindu song of God. Okay. You said one page there, Cece. That seems like one and a half. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm cute. <laughs> okay. So in about at about 30 BCE, Virgil writes the Aeneid. So there is about 500 years difference between, is it 500 years or is it 700 years between Odyssey and Aeneid? I think it's, it's a, it's a pretty big difference. 800 years. Yeah. 800 years between the Odyssey and the Aeneid. And if you don't know that Aeneid is the story of Aeneas, who also fought in the Trojan War. So it takes place around the same time as Odyssey, or as whatever, Iliad, but it's the Roman side of things, or it's the other side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I, I actually didn't know that. And um, Aeneid, is, Aeneid was told that he was going to be the founder of a great country, I, so I remember Aeneid, this, yeah. yeah. So the Aeneid tells his story of basically the founding of Rome. Yeah, the Aeneid goes into Romulus and Remus. Yeah, it's like the pre, it's like the the yeah the precursor to Romulus and Remus. It's all because he's Romulus and Remus, it's ancestor. Okay. Yep. yep. Uh, Aeneas was the guy who married the uh, the African queen, right? Or like the African no, princess. No, that was Odysseus. Was that Odysseus? He okay. married Queen Dido. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. 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 I remember. I did a huge story about that. Yep. Get my stories mixed up. We've done a lot. Yeah. So here's where we get into the New Testament, because from about 65 to 100 A.D., the tales of Jesus's life and work were composed. So that would be where you start to get your New Testament type works. Right. Is around this time. So we've passed into AD for the first time in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is the first time we've talked about anything New Era. Except for Norse. Because Norse is New Era. Well, technically. But yes. since we've relaunched, yeah, this is the first time we've gone into AD. So, 712 AD. Now, I'm going to I'm going to stop right here. These last 3 all have to do with the Shinto religion of Japan. Okay. And I don't know Japanese at all. So forgive me. Here, man. So you said 700. So, uh 712. Yeah. It's Kojiki. I'm going to be the translator kind of here. So, in 712, the ch- Whoa. Kojiki there we go. is composed of oral myths that would form the basis of the Shinto religion. So, the Kojiki is the re- record of the ancient thing. That's what the translation was su- is supposedly means. Understood. Eight years later... 
another um, oral another set of oral myths was written down called the Nihon Shoki. And this was a chron uh, this was a chronicle of Japan and a history of Japan <laughs> as told through myths. So this would be um oh what was the creation myth? Uh it was I it was like I owe something the Japanese creation myth. I know what you're talking about. I just can't remember. Two siblings that got married and they grew the earth from a patch of dirt. Yeah, I know what you're talking and about. Pulled, and they pulled the dirt from underneath the water. The Japanese creation myth is beautiful. That should be in our creation myths from around the world episode, which is episode five of a uh, pre. Relaunch. Season one, episode pre-launch, five. Pre-launch. Pre-launch. Oh my goodness. I love it. Pre-launch. Pre- uh, yeah. Okay. Pre-relaunch. Pre-launch. Yeah, because we took a break and then we came back and talked about uh, Beth, Thoth, and Isis. And then we did for another like four months. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> and then the final thing on our date of many dates is uh, 807. Which the final um, composition of oral myths was written down for the Shinto religion called the Imbibe. No. Oh, it was that's one word. I knew that I was going to do that too. <laughs> it's called the Imbibe. That word. Imibe no Hironari. One more time. Imibe no Hironami. Or Hiro. Hiro I can't read your handwriting. Hiranari. <laughs> it's so sloppy. So it's Amoebe no Hiranari. There we go. <laughs> uh, that's a person. Yeah. And he writes the Kagashui, which is more oral myths for the Shinto religion. Okay. So there's kind of like a brief overview. So we'll obviously get into more dates as things go along. Yes. But this kind of gives you a general idea of what was going on in recordings in the time, in writings in the time. How reliable can we find these things based on how old they are? Kind of thing. Okay. Because the thing about these texts is everything that we've written today, unless you have the original text in your hand and you can understand the original text, because that's the real kicker, is understanding them. Yeah. You're not going to get the real story. You're going to get some person's translation of a story. So as long as you remember to look at the message, not the details, and take everything you read with a grain of salt, and you find what works best for you, you are going to have the best time learning about myths. And I hope that you do. And I hope that if you guys learned something really cool about mythology, you guys share that with us. And you guys can do that a couple of different ways. Tony, do you want to rattle off uh, our laundry list of ways to contact us? Oh, you mean the uh, extensive list? So you can email us. Let us know your thoughts, details. If you want to let us know that we suck, go for it. Uh, that is <laughs> mythologybreakdownpod at gmail.com. Uh, that is also where you can kind of come in and start asking us questions about hey, I don't really understand what this was. We can we can even do an in-depth detail for you. If try you to got find, something wrong. Yeah, uh, we can try to find our notes, our websites that we used, and we can direct you to those. Uh, we do have a Patreon as well. It's Mythology Breakdown. I think it's patreon.com slash mythologybreakdownpod. Yeah, uh, it's super, it's simple, basically like what the rest of our stuff is. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, what is the Twitter again? I forget. Um, I don't think I have access to the Twitter anymore because it blocked me out. So understood. I think it's we'll get back to you on the rest I of social media. I think medias. it's at Myth Breakdown. I could be wrong. I think so too. Uh, but that's us. Um, we um, have an Instagram that I also don't have access to right now. We'll get all of these things. We have to. We have been off the air for a really long time. We're still slowly getting back into things. Um, the best way to get in touch with us is either through email or through our Facebook page, which is Mythology Breakdown, the podcast. I'm on Facebook all the time. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, post them in that group. 
Um, we're trying to get things going again. It's a slow process, and if you guys bear with us, we'll do our best to give you guys the best content possible. And soon I'll have Saturdays and Sundays off, so we'll be able to uh, start delving a little bit deeper into the weekends. Yes, yes, yes. We are so very excited for what we have planned for you guys next. These past couple weeks have been a kind of laundry list of information to give you guys. We wanted to make sure you guys had a really good understanding, something to bounce off of to go look for your own information because we don't want you guys to take what we say to heart. Do your own research, learn your own facts, um, you know, gain your own knowledge about these kinds of things and feel free to message us if we've got something wrong, if you want to talk about things, if you have more insight, if we didn't share the whole story. Like, we want to hear from you guys. We are just two people teaching you guys about mythology as we learn about mythology. Keyword here is learn. We don't know what we're talking about either. So feel free, share the information, we'll share our information, and, uh... Thank you guys again. Definitely cross-reference, too. We do that yeah. all the time. Yep. I go into at least 12 different websites whenever I search a singular particular thing so I can get all of the actual factual data. Absolutely. Um, well, I think that's all we got for the day. We went through our laundry list. We introduced ourselves again. Yeah. We appreciate you guys so much. Seriously, the support from you guys is absolutely amazing we love each and every one of you guys that has continued to listen throughout this long hiatus everyone who has been supportive who has downloaded an episode who has checked us out on twitch which reminder if you are interested in hearing us record these episodes live you can do that on twitch.tv at my profile which is chaotix722 that is C-H-A-O-T-I-X, as in xylophone, 722. Um, well, until next time. I've been Tony. And I've been Cece. Have a good night. Good night.